0: episode of pomcast is sponsored by wool kitchen the wool kitchen is a fun and colorful yarn that's hand dyed in east london we offer yarns that make you want to knit drawing inspiration from vibrant culture and the ability to see life in color you
1: will find creative yarns with equally creative names we say embrace the color check out our variegated yarns from punchy pool parties to sophisticated zips of color including british breeds and luxury merino silks there is yarn for all
0: watch the alchemy come to life on instagram at the wool kitchen where you can check out current project work including collaborations with anna maltz renee at east london Knits, and helen stewart
1: enjoy every stitch at thewoolkitchen.com I, was I just wanted in to be your dulcet tones. Oh, there we go. Welcome to... I was going to go use that as an intro there. <laughs> um, welcome to the 40th episode of POMCAST. 40 years. Then we have finally nailed the intro. <laughs> 40 years.
0: <laughs> 40 Feels episodes. like it sometimes. <laughs>
1: um,
0: yes, welcome to POMCAST. I'm Lydia Gluck and I'm here as I am at least
1: monthly, at sometimes least, twice yeah. a month, as we have done this month, uh, with Sophie Scott. Hello. Hello, Sophie. How you doing? Good. We have to give a disclaimer that there is building work happening outside the studio. We are recording this today.
0: Yes, indeed. There are many improvements happening to the Like, local... Oh, good. And now a car alarm is going off. <laughs> well, that's
1: just a little bit of... It's sort of an ambiance. You can get the feel of us being in the hustle bustle of the big city. Indeed. And it's uh, many changing ways. Um, <laughs> but that's not why we're here to discuss no. that. We're here to discuss... Uh, Pom Pom Magazine, which indeed this podcast is uh, birthed from. <laughs> uh, we're here to discuss knitting. Always. All the yarns and fibres. A mm-hmm. little smattering of crochet sometimes. Woo! Uh, so if you like those things, come along. And maybe you've been listening since the beginning. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Or maybe this is your first episode. Thank you well, too. Welcome, welcome in. Come yeah. In. We hope you enjoy. Um, so what have we got today? Well... We have usual, we have news, uh, updating you guys on all the news of the magazine, and also POMFest, which is our birthday party, happening this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some reviews, quite a big chunk of things we like, that we think you will like, so yeah. listen to us talk about it.
0: Yes, and we have... Uh, That's our... known as reviews, by yeah. <laughs> the way, more
1: commonly known in that section.
0: We also have an interview with the brilliant Dyer, Julie Asselin, who's based um, in Canada, so we spoke to her via Skype. So you can look forward to hearing her thoughts on dying and how she came to become a yarn dyer. Uh, it was quite unexpected. Her answer to her, you know, sort oh of life before. We won't dying. give it away Oh-ho-ho! just yet. <laughs> we will not.
1: We also end with top three, where we discuss things that we like. In <laughs> we order like list. of threes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, come along. We hope you enjoy. Uh, First up, we've got... Oh, we didn't say we do tell and tell. That's great. Oh, we signposted, but we missed a signpost. Well, let's take a left and a (laughs) U-turn. Next available uh, spot. Uh, We tell each other. Safety first. We talk about what we're knitting. Anyway. Oh, this really is a 40th episode, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So smooth. So smooth. Well, let's talk a little bit about news, because uh, if you want to keep up to date what's happening in pom-pom land, uh, it's here. Indeed. This is uh, one of
0: the many places you can go to find out. So we have got some very exciting... I feel like we always say we have very exciting news, but I genuinely
1: believe that we always I mean, do have. it's nigh on a l- high level of uh, constant hysteria in the office <laughs> about what we have planned next.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one of the um, very... So one of the main things that we have to tell you about is uh, the next book to be released by Pom Pom Press. Indeed. Which is the book publishing arm of Pom Pom. Uh, Pom Pom Quarterly is of course our quarterly magazine uh, but Pom Pom Press is books so we've had Take Heart uh, our first book by Fiona Allison. and we've been um, publishing the print versions of Interpretations as many of you will know um, and the next thing that we're releasing this summer is called Wool Journey
1: mm. What um, is that you say?
0: <laughs> it's a journey of wool so um, it's uh, the collaboration that we've been working on between Pom Pom Press And the two wonderful ladies who run Fancy Tiger Crafts, which is a gorgeous yarn and fabric and kind of notions shop in Denver, Colorado. Um, So you might have seen their adverts in Pom Pom um, before, or you might just know of them because they have very, very good Instagram feeds, if nothing else. (laughs) So I heard about them,
1: so I mean... Yeah. And again, that's where I get most of my information.
0: (laughs) So we've collaborated with um, Jamie and Amber, uh, who... Uh, the two owners of Fancy Tiger Crafts, along with Malia Mather, who is one of the owners of Stephen and Penelope, Stephen West, the other owner of Stephen Penelope, and Isolde Teague, who all took a trip to Shetland. You can see where this is going. They mm-hmm. took a trip. It was a journey. They went to Shetland. But what did they do along
1: the way? Did they see anything related to knitting?
0: Unsurprisingly, as uh, a group of people who are pretty immersed, I would say, in the woolly uh, knitting world... They had a wool journey.
1: Ah, and they're in like a <laughs>
0: So um, the book uh, will be, well, it explores the knitting community and culture from the Shetland Islands, uh, which are in Scotland or um, off the coast of Scotland, for those of you who aren't sure. Um, it's part travel guide, part travel book, and features five patterns. So there's a little, little uh, of everything in there, five lovely
1: accessory patterns. Yeah, sort of for people who maybe are planning a trip to Shetland, they can sort of, see the stories and the the guide within mm-hmm. this book of where they could go. Uh, at the same time, if you're not making a trip, it's still inspirational. You've mm-hmm. got all the history and all the stories from what they found out and where they were. Uh, and, and knitting pants, like you say. Yeah. <laughs> what more could you want within uh, a little collection of uh, paper? <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, and there's also gorgeous illustrations by uh, Maggie Chang. And we're really, really excited about it. It's got beautiful mm. photography. Yeah. Um, or, you know, of the kind of Shetland landscape and, you know, a little bit about the yarns, a little bit about, well, just all sorts of puffins, for example.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's got quite a nice kind of earthy feel to it, the book as well. We mm. think, like, people really like it because of the... It feels like Shetland, you know? Yeah, a lot
0: of lovely earthy tones. Um, and we're really excited to collaborate with that wonderful group of people. Um, so you can keep an eye on all the usual channels, the uh, social media, as yeah. they are known, uh, to see more. Um, and the book will be released end of
1: June, yeah. more or less. So, yeah. so that's news number one. Yeah, news number one. Uh, news number two is not new news, is in the fact that there'll be POMFest. Woo! But we've uh, announced all the POMFest vendors now, so you might be following us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Ravelry, newsletter, blog, <laughs> all of the above, at least one of those, and you will have seen. Uh, but if you missed out on anything, we have the whole list here. Now, uh, we have 25. So uh, I'm going to say some of these. Mm-hmm. Should we split between us, actually?
0: Yeah, we'll take it in turns. So right. we're going we're gonna to take it in turns to say the name of the vendor, mm-hmm. and the person who doesn't say the name of the vendor will have to say the first word that comes into their okay.
1: mind. Okay, right. I'm uh, focused.
0: Yeah, you prepped? Yeah. Okay, shall I go first, then? Yeah. Alex Collins. Uh,
1: stylish. Ooh, it's good. But she, should we say what they do or like yeah um, yeah we can do a little I think because maybe people don't know maybe mm-hmm. there'll be some old favourites but maybe there'll be the newbies Alex cool. Collins does uh, sort of project bags and organisers for your tools and I find it's very like a nice graphic style refresh mm. yeah that she does so that's why i went with stylish very very good alright okay. um, Lydia bichets and bouchets uh, kits ah because they are kits yes. <laughs> Uh, little uh, they're based in France, but they're a Scandinavian company mm-hmm. and yeah, they do some lovely little rustic little kits, nice woolly wools. beautiful. can't wait to have those guys. okay, next one Koopnitz. Socks well, yes, if you don't know Koopnitz, <laughs> then where have you been guys? Uh, before she does get with the, the socks. program <laughs> oh, and she'll have her new Soxi DK.
0: Which I, for one, am very, very excited yeah. about. Yeah, so, and uh, Rachel Coopy, the coop behind coop Knits, um, has designed many, many socks um, and many other things, but more most recently, for Pom Pom, designed the Festoon socks, uh, which were in our anniversary issue. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh,
1: whose turn is it? You said to me. Okay. Let's go get long. Dandelion yarns. Uh, sherbet. Go on. Because her yarns, I feel, just remind me of Sherbet. They're very, like clean but fresh like a sorbet sherbet deliciousness very cool yeah okay next one daughter of a shepherd first one that comes to your head sheep <laughs> unsurprisingly <laughs> so uh yes this is because
0: rachel atkinson who is behind daughter of a shepherd the uh she is the daughter of a shepherd Well, there we go yeah. so you know there's a whole flock of sheep that she is intimately connected with of course wool tends to come from sheep um, but <laughs> with her, we it's very sheepy. Yes. It's very, there's a lot of, um, remaining sheepiness in the yarn. Okay. Okay. Uh, easy knits. Rainbow. Good.
1: Yes. Because the yarn is very bright. Yes. And, uh, like the rainbows, you see. Many bright colours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, fine fish yarns. Speckles. Yes, because they have yarn, which is? Speckly! Cool. We're getting into <laughs> the flow now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Garthenor. Garthenor. <laughs> I can't stop saying their name <laughs> like that. Sort of Lord of the Rings Lord style. of the Rings. I feel they're some mythical creature that I can't wait to meet. Cool. Okay. John Arbin textiles. Alpaca. Alpaca, okay. No, Devonia. Okay. Ooh. Ooh.
0: Two different things. I have so many associations with uh, True. With John Arbin because we've been working on and off with them for such a long time. Um, but they have many beautiful alpaca yarns. Uh, and alpaca isn't something I'm always massively keen on, so they have brought... Alpaca blends to the forefront of my mind.
1: But uh, Devonia is also at the forefront of your mind, because that's their new yarn. It is indeed. Mm. Many Devon-based fleeces went into making it. Yeah.
0: Uh, Julie Asselin.
1: Purple. I okay. always think that she's very purple. She has many lovely purples. Well, she has other colours as well, but <laughs> purple. Purple yarn, cool. Okay, Karen Oberg.
0: Linen. Ah, because? Because uh, we used her gorgeous linen uh, for Anna Maltz's pattern for the summer issue a few years ago, and that's when we ah. first uh, discovered her. And yeah, she just... Ha- I mean, she has many other yarns, but that's the one that's kind of forefront of my mind.
1: Hmm. Uh, Kettle Yarn Co. Luxury. Ooh. I was find Kettle Yarn Co. They've got... I feel all her yarns have a sheen to them. Mm. And I think one thing that Linda does very well, she does... Although they have that luxury to them, she... Uh, sources of yarn which is hard wearing yes so you're always going to get something that's value for money in that sense I feel very very good alright La me bright <gasps> <laughs> because I
0: mean yeah, it sounds like a
1: kind of boring one but
0: her colours are she does lots of like amazing kind of really bright speckles and like mm-hmm. kind of variegated neons alongside you know all the other kind of muted tones you would like but in the past when I've gone over to her stand at shows I'm mm. like oh, so many bright lights big city that's what my brain feels like. <laughs> okay, uh, Merchant and Mills.
1: Scissors. Yes. This makes sense. I'm very excited about Merchant and Mills, if you guys haven't come across them before. They're like a dressmaker's haberdashery delights, mm-hmm. but they do patterns as well. Yeah. They have a very sort of beautiful, calming aesthetic.
0: Yeah, it's very kind of simple, and they do like really gorgeous uh, fabric. Very classic. Very classic, yeah. Okay, Excited cool. about
1: those guys. Alright, uh, midwinter yarns. Wales! <laughs> well, they are from? Wales! Well, they're based in Wales. Yeah.
0: Which is where I am from. And so. therefore I feel an affinity with this. Um, and they have great Scandinavian yarns. Woolly mm, wools. Woolly wools, um, exactly. And they have lovely linen as well as it happens. Uh, but yeah, they're based in the glorious rolling countryside mm-hmm. that is my
1: homeland. Okay. Uh, Mole view yarns. Uh, Woolly wool. Because that's yes. kind of what they... That's again... I'm not, like, repeating, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're one for the woolly wool category. Indeed. They're also in Wales, aren't they? So... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, like, the Wales section. Uh, Nina Petrina, uh, Northern Lights. Yes. I think we talked about that a couple of podcasts ago.
0: Yeah. The, um, I had bought her yarn at the uh, Oslo, in Oslo, at the Knitting Festival in November, um, which I had seen Diana Waller had made a hat, and it's special yarn that's dyed so that when it knits up, it looks like Northern Lights. And she does many other things, but this is my main mm-hmm. connection. Um... Pink hazel. Bags. Yes. Because that's what she does.
1: Um, we reviewed her a little while ago on the mm-hmm. podcast as well. You're kind of... You can dip in and out of all the past episodes where we've featured yeah. these people. You might be like, oh, yeah, I've heard of them as well. Maybe yeah. on the podcast. Um, yeah. Be- again, beautiful accessories and mm-hmm. tools. And she um, made us aprons. She did make us aprons. You would have seen us wearing those at Unravel mm-hmm. or at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. might see us at POMFest wearing them. <laughs> all right. Uh... Ching Fibre, so that's Q-I-N-G. I'm just spelling that out for you so you can hear it better. (laughs) Uh, Annie. Yes? Because
0: um, when I most recently looked at the Ching Fibre website, there was a new colour listed uh, as, like, a brand new colour, and it was called Annie. And it was a lovely kind of rusty red colour, and I have several good friends called Annie, and so I liked that.
1: Oh, excellent. (laughs) Uh, Stranded Dye Works. Fireworks. Ooh. Because I find her speckly... Kind of collaboration of colours within this game. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of fireworks. Oh, I like lovely. that. lovely. Yeah. you yeah, like a like a firework, eh? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Triskelion.
0: Celtic. Ooh. Because a Triskelion is a Celtic symbol. Indeed. And it's the symbol that is used along with the name Triskelion for the lovely uh, yarn. Again, based in Wales. We've got like a strong Welsh contingent going on. <laughs> and uh, we've been big fans of
1: Tris- Triskelion's lovely yarn for a while, so it'll be fun to have that. Hmm. Uh, Viola. Uh, mohair. Ooh. I'm very excited for her to bring her mohair, mm-hmm. which was featured, uh, in Soiree, which mm-hmm. is Emily's design in issue 21. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with that, there's the alpaca pole worth. It's very exciting, all these things that she will bring. I've seen them in real life. Something very magical about speckly dyed mohair.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ain't that the truth.
1: Yep. Uh, the wall kitchen. Frida. Ooh
0: because this is me just, like, remembering names of colours, but I was very pleased that um, the Wool Kitchen had... I'm not sure if it was limited edition, perhaps, so... But there was a colour called Frida... Maybe even called Frida Kahlo, but it was definitely after uh, the painter, Frida Kahlo, who is one of my very favourite artists of all time and was the reason I moved to Mexico. <laughs> there we
1: go. we got to have a reason. And also they're sponsoring this podcast. And also also they're sponsoring, again. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: thank you for that, and we'll be uh, talking more about them very soon under the reviews umbrella
1: mm-hmm.
0: special umbrella we keep
1: yeah uh the yarn collective bristol ivy Woo. for she collaborated with them on a series of colors Mm-hmm. and also linking that in mm-hmm. she's going to be at pomfest one of our cool people there indeed she is very very good and the last one is Flower. harris tweed oh of course, Ops.
0: <laughs> uh, because wool and flower um, is one of the things that they're known for. Are gorgeous Harris Tweed notions bags or slash project bags, uh, often made from kind of offcuts or people's old, well, not old, but yeah, sort of bits of fabric that might have otherwise been thrown away. So kind of recycled.
1: Well, if you just saw one of these guys at a festival, you'd be pretty excited. But hey, we've laid them all on for you mm-hmm. at PomFest. And uh, well, we're really excited. Yeah, you know. my main worry now is that I'm not going to have any time to do shopping. Oh, hey, well, as <laughs> organise so surely we can arrange that. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, all the information about Pomfest and where to buy tickets is, of course, on the PomPom Pom website, pompommag.com. Indeed, and uh,
0: there will be a few other um, vendors yet to be released, but this is the majority of them. So I can't uh, wait. You're welcome, guys. <laughs>
1: To hear what you guys are knitting and uh sometimes, well a lot of the time, we chat about it ourselves and then we, we both record quite it. Like knitting. Oh we do indeed. Uh Lydia, what have you been up to? Okay,
0: so I think last time I can't remember now whether we discussed the fact that I have started an Izumi. I think you were thinking about it. you'd had like the notion of it. I had Azumi thoughts. Right. Um so uh Izumi is from our spring issue of this year and was designed by Natalie Sellers. Uh, who is a pom-pom pal and lovely designer. Um, and it's like a kind of uh, almost sweatshirty kind of jumper, mm. but has like this gorgeous uh, lace design over the shoulders and kind of...
1: It's green in the issue. If you yeah. haven't seen it, you might have seen it in the mind your mind's eye. Mm. That's what it is.
0: <laughs> so um, I did a little swatchy in some gorgeous hand-dyed chickadee in a kind of terracotta colour. Loved that. Started knitting and I am as yet unsure about the particular ratio of hand dyedness to pattern and how I feel about it Oh, okay so the yarn is so beautiful and I love the colors and I do love a semi-solid but I'm not sure if I want a semi-solid for this particular project so I'm stuck in kind of project limbo
1: yeah what are you gonna do how far along are you I only
0: if like you know I'm kind of maybe about five inches in yeah so enough to kind of see the way the um the way it's kind of playing out over a larger piece of fabric what Mm. I really should have done is use two uh, skeins alternating them. And I didn't do that because Rookie I'm mistake. lazy. So I think probably what I'll do is go back and do that and then make my final decision. Because mm-hmm. if the yarn doesn't work for that, then there's like a million other things that it would be absolutely perfect for. So there's, you know, you got to know that what you're doing is is the right match of gorgeous yarn and gorgeous pattern, you know, just because yeah. they're both gorgeous in their own right doesn't necessarily mean they're right. going to work together. Just- <laughs> yes.
1: Do <laughs> right. so these two rights make a...
0: Wrong project. Right angle, what? Um, So I've been working on that, but I've also been planning various socks.
1: Okay. Even though it's summer. (laughs) But socks are quite a nice, like, portable project. I feel like we always come back to socks in this podcast. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, have you tried knitting socks? They're great. Exactly. They, like, always fit in your bag. Um, You can
0: often, if it's, like, a simple pair, you can just sort of knit them without really paying loads of attention. I bought some um, very cool yarn from uh, Rosa Poma Mm. uh, in Lisbon which is um, a kind of speckly sock yarn. Uh, not a hand-dyed one, but it's... Yeah, I'm quite keen on that. I want to see how that knits up. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in a kind of uh, project limbo at the moment. Okay, yeah. yeah I'm having trouble kind of organising my project thoughts and starting.
1: You know, how about you? Well, I'm deep into the monogamy of knitting tinea, mm-hmm, which is from issue 20. Uh, I seem to remember at some point we were doing New Year's Knitolutions. solutions. And yes. I said I want to focus more on single projects, mm. and that's what I have been doing. Good and job. it's unsurprisingly it means that I've knit more of it sooner mm-hmm. than I thought I would. Yeah. Yes, committing more time to a project has meant more knitting. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, the these th- equations are adding I, up. I know. I think the good thing about this project as well is because it seemed I'm doing lots of separate items. Yeah. Uh, you know the front, the sides, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, portability mm. tick. Mostly it's plain stocking stitch, so it's very easy to pick up and put down, which Mm. is what I want in a project. So, yeah, uh, I've got only the sleeves to go, a little bit of a front to go. I'm hopefully going to have this sorted for TNNA, which is coming up. Very soon. Next week.
0: Well, that's very exciting. Actually, you've reminded me that I've almost finished knitting all the bits for my Velamo. Oh,
1: that's
0: exciting! That's been kind of ongoing in the background because the sleeves are mostly garter. Well, they're just garter stitch more or less after mm. the color work at the cuff. So it's just been kind of, kind of ticking along through that. So hopefully, I'll have that. I just need to. Seaming isn't my favorite activity, but then there's something quite, like therapeutic about it. Definitely, yeah. And then you have a finished item, so you sort of win. Oh, yeah, exciting! Many ways. Yeah. yeah.
1: Don't forget, there's uh, the PomFest Knit Along. Mm-hmm. I mean, by knitting right now, a pom-pom pattern, we're, we're involved. Yeah. Um, but you can get involved before there is a forum on our Ravelry group. And uh, if the people get involved with the pom-pom knits, they could win prizes. Good stuff. Of course, we need to say thank you to our Knit Along sponsors, John Arban Knits. Um, La Bien Kettle Yarn Co., Julia Selin. And Koopnitz. Yes. Also... The famous Five. Yeah. Within the realms of mentioning Pomfest, we should say thank you to Loop, who are our main sponsors, and also Fig Tree Yarns, who are sponsoring Pomcast Live. If you didn't know, you could come and see us doing a Pomcast live. <laughs> That's the Friday night. You need to buy a ticket separately. We've done all the disclaimers, I hope, for buying things. Yes.
0: Yeah, so we look forward to seeing those of you who are in and around London, or coming here specially we uh, will see you uh, either in the marketplace at some point looking at yarns and being like "Ooh, yarn is nice or "Ooh, project bags are nice or you can see our faces making podcast noises mm. hey
1: very exciting To review, we have a lovely skein of yarn sent to us by Helen, who uh, is the Wool Kitchen. Mm-hmm. There she is cooking up the yarns for us, <laughs> and uh, we have a skein of the four ply, uh, blue face Leicester and bamboo, mm-hmm. and it, the colour is pretty fun. It's called heterochromia. So, and it's a sock yarn,
0: I think. Although obviously you don't have to use it for that.
1: Right, I think
0: yeah, that goes without
1: saying. That. <laughs> but the uh, the use of bamboo, I didn't know this. Bamboo is quite good as a alternative to uh, nylon mm-hmm. like a you know a nice non uh, non-man-made version mm-hmm. to give strength and also has uh, antibacterial p- properties you know
0: yeah so uh, uh stinky feet
1: <laughs> good with the breathability mm-hmm. uh,
0: and it also adds a nice little shine to the yarn uh and as uh sophie said making it kind of stronger for the old sock or for something else if yeah. you want to make that but it's Just good to know it'll
1: last reducing that I was going to say pillability, pillability. <laughs> um, but it's really soft you know you've got a lovely uh, bounce within this mm-hmm. no, it was nice to notice that and yeah. uh, you know with the, the blue face Lester oh, it always gives that such a nice sheen it really shows off the colours which I yes. think we need to get onto that because oh boy oh, yeah.
0: oh boy do we so um, when this skein of yarn is not yet wound this particular colour and, and she does quite a few colours like this where the kind of most of it is a uh, sort of semi solid, neutral. A dove grey. Dove grey this one. And then at one end you have this like magical
1: rainbow speckle section. Yeah, it's like hundreds and thousands that just fell on the bottom of the skein. It's know. like a it's like a dove fell <laughs> in some hundreds and thousands. It got sprinkled like a little ice cream. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um and what happens with this when you knit it up is you get uh, yeah, this kind of lovely semi-solid backdrop with little kind of zips of colour.
1: Yeah, like dashes almost. And it yeah. depends what gauge, I suppose, and what mm-hmm. kind of project you mm-hmm. do. But it's not... If you imagine you're knitting a sock, it's not like a stripey, all the way round no. sort of thing. You just get these amazing like dashes within it Yeah, to it's... give that hundred and thousands.
0: <laughs> it's almost like, hey, wait, what's the uh, uh, dashes and dots That's language? That's cool. Yes, yeah. Morse Code. Yeah. It's like
1: it's like Morse Code yarn. This is good. We're going to the pop quiz later. I'm really glad that I know answers for things like this because, uh, oh boy.
0: And I sure didn't we
1: remember the name of Morse Code so I'm a great
0: teammate, as you can tell. Um. But yeah, I think uh, this... Well, we were just talking about socks and mm. how they're great background pro- projects yeah. and I think this yarn is perfect for that kind of project because um, you, with minimal effort, mm. could make some very, very exciting socks. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I have seen, like, uh, the wool kitchen yarn used for jumpers, though, and with that oh, kind of, yeah. the way you have the dashes or the zips mm. of colour, which I think is a great phrase to explain mm. it, sort of you, having that, you know, if you like the speckles, yeah. sure, everyone's into the speckles right now. Sometimes people don't want a full-on speckly, mm. and I think having the dashes, it sort of gives almost like a uniformity to the pattern, mm. so you don't get it as kind of maybe over the over the top speckly like no yeah. sequence. It's almost
0: like textural. Yeah. The
1: way it knits up. Yeah, like a pattern within it. Yeah. To give that sort of uh, colour without being too overwhelming.
0: I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, and I can imagine also this working really beautifully for various shawls. Oh definitely. Like especially yeah. maybe for the shawl, the rock hopper shawl that you were working on if one of the colours oh, was yeah. like zippy.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> zippy
0: Um but also wool we'll kitchen, you know, so this one that we've got here, which is like really exciting. Um, Helen also dyes uh, non zippy colors. True. Of varying sorts, including the Frida Kahlo one, which I mentioned earlier. Um, but what yeah, kind of she was, has, that? It was like a ready. Terracossi it was kind of like list. a yeah. yeah, yeah, which I am very into at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I felt the Frida Kahlo world and my yarn love world collide in a beautiful kaleidoscope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> kaleidoscope. Yes, yes oh you're welcome. God, so
0: good. <laughs> my first joke, boys
1: and girls. <laughs> oh my God! So good. <laughs>
0: um yeah so we uh very excitingly not only get to tell you about and show you this yarn but we have a skein to give away oh boy
1: so if you go onto the pom-pom website where you can find out all the details from this podcast uh including lots of other bonus stuff Mm -hmm. on that website um you'll be able to find out how to enter and you could win your very own skein of this lovely four-ply by the wool kitchen zippy zippy yarn yum yum and
0: (laughs) uh yeah yeah, so thanks again to The Wool Kitchen for sponsoring the podcast and for sending us this gorgeous yarn because I've been, like, hankering after it for a while, i got to say. So it's very nice to be able to have a go on it. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a little test drive. Yeah. And I can't wait to make something larger than a small square. Yeah. With
1: it. Oh, yeah, you'll see the pictures of the what we're talking about with yeah. these little dashes and zips uh, on the podcast where we have nice pictures. So yeah, you on go. the
0: on the podcast blog post. Oh, yes, on podcast
1: on blog post. forward slash podcast. All right, another little bonus review we've got here. Uh, we were sent a tool called a Gleena. By I the... Lo- by, yeah, by the lovely people from Gleena, who um, have made this amazing tool. Now, let me paint the picture, Lydia. You've got yourself a jumper, right? Cool. Uh, you've worn that jumper a lot. I love that jumper. What, what have you found has happened? You know what, Sophie? I've worn the jumper a lot, and it started
0: to pill. Oh, and even, even, you know, pretty hard-wearing sort of, yeah.
1: you know, long
0: long yarn staple, yeah. yarn, you know, like, sometimes... Like the
1: wool kitchen BFL bamboo.
0: Yeah, if you really, you know, if, for example, I find if I'm wearing my jumper, I'm doing a little impression of me walking along wearing a backpack at the moment, sort of like first day of school, yeah. sometimes the um, the action of the backpack rubbing
1: against sure. the shoulder... We've all been there. We've all been there. Well, worry no longer, because you need to get yourself one of these. I'm going to get it out of the bag. <laughs> okay. Russell. Russell. Ha-ha! Here it is! <laughs> so it kind of looks like a... What does it look like? It looks like a future spaceship. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? We've got the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. So we've got uh, the one that we've been sent. It's got two ends. It's the ultimate fuzz remover, fabric shaver. So you've got, like, an edge, which is almost... It kind of feels like uh, like a granite stone, almost. Ooh. Um, it's almost like a... Yeah, like a pumice or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But it's... Um, and I was a little... When I first saw it, I was a little worried. I thought it'd be too tough. Uh-huh. It wasn't. It was. Uh, it gave a firm and loving hand to my knitwear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and removed those
1: pesky pills. It did. You know what? It did. And there's t- three edges. Mm-hmm. So we've got one for big, bulky pills, mm-hmm. uh, two for medium, mm-hmm. and three, you can see where I'm going with this, yeah. yeah, a lighter, you know, you've got your summer knits, uh, mm-hmm. silk blends maybe. Yeah. And then on the other end, we've got like a big, old, uh... can you feel <laughs> what? sort of... Uh-huh. Ooh, let's put my teeth sorry, on edge sorry. But fuzzy. <laughs> it's like a like a fuzz like your traditional kind of like fuzz remover like yeah. you, like a lint remover which yeah. is uh, fuzzy <laughs> <laughs> to get like uh, less um, well yeah just more, more kind of to clean the picks up the pet surface. hair uh, dandruff and uh, to finish any depilling pilling job there we go so it's a handy little,
0: uh, handy well, yeah, medium-sized bit of kit there. Yeah. For the sort of longevity of the knits that you spent so long making.
1: I was very impressed with this because, you know, I think that's an internal quest for many of a, many a knitter mm-hmm. to find a good pilling uh, dealie. Yeah. It's uh, sort of one of those things
0: where, like, when you first start learning to knit and then it's like, oh, but you have to block things, you're like, oh, man. And then you get through blocking and then you're like, oh, there's other things I have to do, but this just makes that third stage of, like, continuing
1: caring for your knits a little bit easier. And what was the thing you were saying, which was really interesting, you... You say you're categorizing people how much they care about something by how much they clean it. So like, well, did I
2: say that? Yeah, yeah. You I forget
1: said things I say. <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting though. Like people who like really care about their bike will like clean the bike, and people who really yeah. care about their knits, they'll be like, yeah. I will hand wash this. I will, you know, it's
0: true. Yeah. Dry
1: this flat. I will do I will buy the special fancy soap.
0: Yeah, I was probably referring to my the fact that I don't clean my bike enough okay. or don't clean don't care as much about my bike as I do about my knitwear. Like I wouldn't buy a special bike cleaning tool probably. I would just use a toothbrush.
1: Hey, that's pretty specialized, I mean, you know, <laughs> as long as you don't put it back afterwards, it's all good, you know. <clears throat> um, yeah, so Gleaner is good. Yeah, we so we, we've gleaned this information from <laughs> uh, using it and <laughs> we're, well, thanks to the uh, the lovely folks with G- Gleena. Mm-hmm. um and also um they've given a little bonus thing to you guys so we've got a promotional code which you can use uh at the amazon uk store and their website which is uh Gleaner.com. and if you use the code pom pom 10 you will get 10 percent off all the fuzz removing products that Gleena have to offer not too shabby uh, not too shabby at all not just, just as your knitwear will soon exa- be less shabby. <laughs> we are both like, trying to get that joke in. Get the joke up! <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's for live for two weeks after this podcast. So if you're listening within the context of now, uh, that's the 14th of June. Uh, why not take advantage of that? Make all those uh, knits ship-shape, shiny. Indeed, maybe fuzz-free. get some wool kitchen yarn oh, and, then- and just
0: prepare. Oh. Because so it's gonna you know,'ll we'll, you know it's like gorgeous, hard wearing stuff, but, as I said, sometimes you just beat things up too much when you're me on the way to school wearing your backpack. yeah
1: <laughs> so yeah, thanks,
0: cleaner, yeah. The third and final part of our review section for uh, this episode is just a quick shout out for a couple of books that we um, have enjoyed in the recent
1: past. Yeah, once we've done the knitting with our wool kitchen yarn, once mm-hmm. we've t- tidied everything up with the gleaners, we need to relax. Just have a little flip through. Yeah. Here's me flipping through a book. Oh, that sounds nice. Mmm, tasty. And it's sort of giving Sophie a little bit of a... Yeah, it's quite stuffy. in anyway. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bit of a breeze. Um, so the first one uh, that we're fans of is called Within uh knitting patterns to warm the soul which is by Jane Richmond and Shannon Cook both of whom we are big uh fans of and it's just like a really lovely rustic book really gorgeous kind of autumnal colors <laughs> it's summertime it's, it's uh, autumn awesome in a book really it kind of is isn't it there's like campfires lovely um okay i'm just going to like gorgeous
1: hat pattern there they can't see the book. i really know either. they can't <laughs> the <laughs> the <universe> just got <laughs> lovely. i'm just a like book. just
0: showing it to the microphone just to hope that yeah like lovely accessories um and we really think you guys should check it out. So we just wanted to give that a little uh, shout out, basically. We'll put the links on the blog post, of course. And the other one that I really love, which um, again didn't come out so recently, and we've been meaning to sort of mention for quite some time, is called Flotsam and Jetsam, which is 15 knits inspired by Ocean Bed Debris, uh, which is by Ash Alberg, who is also known as Sunflower Knit, um, who used to come into Loop when they lived in London. Like within, this is a mix of accessory and uh, garment patterns, um, and this is more like rugged Canadian landscape. Vibe. There's a lot of
1: texture within that book. Mm, yeah.
0: Yes, lots of texture um, and lots of. They're both pretty outdoorsy, aren't they? Bit lovely outdoorsy books full of gorgeous knitwear. What more could you want?
1: Julie Aslin. What a hoot she is. We called her up on the old Skype telephone, dialed through the waves to her in uh, Canada. Mm -hmm. We said, let's have a chat. And she delivered. Oh
0: boy, did she? Uh, So Julie Asselin, as we've mentioned, is a a yarn dyer. She
1: dyes... Many beautiful colours, but Sophie thinks of her most as purple. Yeah. uh, Because the design I did for issue 15, ah, which feels like a million years ago, it's purple. It's
0: purple, of course. Um, So more recently, uh, Julie's uh, Lezu DK was used for the boom tank and the shindig shawl by uh, Kiyomi and Sachiko Bergen. In issue 21. In issue 21, exactly.
1: And we decided, as Sophie said, to give her a call, talk to her
0: about dying.
1: Yep. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to let her start the conversation, really, because uh,
3: she did it very well. Do you guys
2: know a little bit of words in French, or...? Oui, oh, on Okay, okay, good, good. Okay, so we do it in French then. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, like,
3: early morning for you there in Canada, isn't it? So... Uh, yeah, seven. 7.
2: Yeah. I, I, I usually get up around that time, but I've put up an alarm just for you guys. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
3: well... We should do like an introduction for people who don't know you, I guess. You're Julie Asselin, uh, yarn dyer extraordinaire. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you happy with that title. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if uh, people don't know you and what you do, sort of, uh, yeah, how did you get into dyeing and start your company and where you are today? Like, how do you introduce yourself to people?
2: Oh, <laughs> um, okay, so I, um, I'm from Kuwaitko, Quebec. It's about an hour and a half from Montreal. Um, I'm from Montreal originally, um, but we moved to the country. So I, before I started dyeing yarn, um, no, let's start at the beginning. So, okay, I've been, <laughs> hold on, I've been knitting, um, you know, since I was a little kid. Um, both of my grandmas, my mother, Uh, they both knit. So, um, in on my mother's side, there are a lot of, um, you know, creative artistic people like my grandfather used to do a lot of photography. Um, so when I was a kid, um, it was always about, um, you know, creative outlets and, you know, uh, playing outside or doing something with your hands. So then I, I picked up knitting and I've been knitting all my life. Um, it's something that I've never, put aside, and then as a, as an adult, having already dapped a little bit into um, dyeing, you know, textile and yarn and all that, with my mom as a kid, because she used to do natural dyeing and a little bit of everything, um, I, being a very curious person, you know, I'm, for example, you know, I like cooking, and I like to know how things are made, um, my husband, Jean-François, he's always worried that I'm going to bring a new hobby at home on how to do something yourself, you know, like I'll be a, Hey, I brought a kit to make a stove or I'm going to learn this or that. So, um, you know, that's how the yarn dyeing started. Um, cause I, I wanted to know more about it and I wanted to understand it. So that's how I started. And then like many people, um, you know, I, I made some for myself. I started giving some to my friends and then I sold a little bit. I got a, you know, I started selling to a first store and then it, Went from there. It was, I didn't have a plan. Um, but we're really happy that it turned out the way it did today and that we are able to have this as our job. And, you know, as a, um, you know, I think it's also helpful where, uh, before I was doing this, I was an orthotic and prosthetic technician. So I used to work, um, like in the health field. And for working with the yarn, you know, it helps me a lot to have, um, like, kind of a – not a scientific background, but, like, a precise methodic way of working. And, um, you know, with yarn dyeing, this is very helpful.
3: So that's amazing. I have no idea that was your background. Me and Lydia are just looking at each other like, oh, interesting. So what, were you, like, <laughs> making the prosthetics or, like, applying it to –
2: uh, so, there, so, you know, like when you go to school for that, you you learn, you know, so that like it's called um, you're either like it uh, either work on the clinical side of things where you meet the patients and you like you design and you take the measurements and you fit it to the person or you're what we call the mechanic, where you make them. And then when you start practicing, you become either of them. Because for sometimes some people are gonna do both, where they're gonna meet clients and they're gonna make the prosthetics. But um, usually the way it works, it's much more convenient to be either one of them and then to work as a to work as a team with another person that does um, you know the other job. And I used to be um, I used to work like on the clinical side, where I would meet the people and um you know come up with a design decide on what we are going to do and then you know work with somebody else to get it made
3: wow i suppose like at leads into another thing we wanted to ask about you mentioned your husband Jean-Fran- jean-francois um, yes. and sort of yours you guys sort of work as a team i guess for the the yarn dyeing
2: business yeah yes we do so um, how, how does, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I started, um, you know, I, I started this alone, um, five years ago. Um, and, you know, he's always been very supportive, but about two years ago, um, it really, you know, it was really too big for me to just, you know, handle by myself with a little bit of help here and there. So he, he fully jumped in and, um, you know, we are now working together, um, as a team and, I'm, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's really great cause, you know, I have to say that, um, you know, Jean-François is the, uh, you know, he's the person that I get, um, that I get so much along with. And then it's really, um, you know, it's great that we get to work together, um, in this because we, uh, we really complement each other. So I think it's great, um. You know, of course I'm I'm happy because sometimes when you uh you know it's fun to work with your your husband, your wife, your partner, but um you know there are chale- there are challenges that come uh with work and you know working together and also since it's a business, you know there's um uh you know there are different constraints that we have to deal with, but um I couldn't have chosen a, a better person to, you know, to do this with because um we really do uh make a great team
0: oh well definitely from what
3: I've seen of you guys working together you seem like
0: yeah we
2: you know I feel like we we like we I'm really grateful for him to you know to wanting to come join me in this because we you know I feel like we balance each other you know like I like I push him out of his uh like boundaries. And he's the one like bringing me back to, you know, sometimes like, Hey, Julie, you know, we're just gonna <laughs> come back here for a second. And, you know, Jean-Francois is, is a creative also. I mean, it's, it's something that he hasn't really tapped into up until recently. But, um, you know, as a, as a teenager and he's always had an interest in like drawing and uh, especially sculpting, actually. So he's always had a creative side to him. Um, so for him to come into the business, Um, it's something that he, that he enjoys and it's not just him helping me out because I needed to. It's him wanting to do it and, you know, liking so. And he's actually, um, starting knitting a little bit. So that's, uh, that's gonna be fun too. (laughs)
3: That's awesome. (laughs) Um, I was
0: wondering when you were talking about your, uh, like previous career before the dyeing took off
3: full time, like, were you always this interested in colors? Um, and inspired by colors or has that kind of grown with your job
2: well it's um, you know it's funny that you say that because I actually had a conversation yesterday at um, at a meetup uh, with someone about that whenever I um, you know we teach uh, yarn dyeing classes and whenever I I, um, I give those classes you know um, working with color and talking about color with people trying to you know to get people to uh, trying new things or like why you like a certain colors, you know, it's it's I feel like it, it has a lot to do with psychology. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then when we start talking about that, most of the time, you know, we talk also about like how people feel and why do you like this? And, you know, then I'm also a, much of a people person. So I always ask, you know, what what do you do for work? Um, You know, what is drawing you to knitting, to wanting to learn about colors and blah, blah, blah. And then it gets us always talking about, you know, school and what you do for life and would you have done something else? And, you know, like I always get that question asked and people also sometimes, you know, share, um, what their experience is. And I feel like, um, you know, I've always been drawn to this when I think about, when I think about, uh, when I was younger as a teenager and having to decide what I want to, what I wanted to do in life, you know, I think that, um, I didn't think it would be, uh, possible to do this as a job and then you know like when you're you when you're 16 17 uh, trying to decide what you're going to do um it's very hard to decide and then you know like the the job that I had previously I really liked it and I, I don't regret uh the you know the the choices that I made but uh when I think back on it and now that I don't do that anymore as a job I would have probably chosen something else like I would have uh, you know, studied textile or gone to, I don't know, even like I was thinking, you know, I would have gone to cooking school or do something that, um, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say that I truly enjoyed, but I think when it's, you know, when it's time to, to learn uh, something in school, I, I, I feel like people should maybe start with something that they truly enjoy. Because when you're that young, like you never really know what you want to do. And then I feel like I only knew Truly, what I wanted to do a couple years um, later down the path. Does that answer the question? Was that too long? (laughs) No, no, I think That
0: was great. Um, uh, But also, at the moment, now that color is such a big part of what you do, where do you look for inspiration and how's your process behind um, going creating new colors? So I know that recently Um, you kind of re, you know, you've come out with a whole new range.
2: Yes. so, f- yeah, for inspiration, I well, there's I feel like there's two sides to that because I am mostly, um, you know, I knit all sorts of things, but I'm mostly a sweater knitter. Um, and I always think about wearability when I create colors because I'm always thinking, OK, you know, of course, we're always wearing them. But, um, you know, if it's a bigger piece or, um, you know, it's something that you're going to be keeping for a long time, I always think about, okay, like, is this really something that you would be making a whole sweater in and, um, you know, that you're going to enjoy for a long time? So that's a part that I always um, try to think about. And also that's, you know, that's another thing that I think is interesting. You know, sometimes we are drawn to, to certain colors and then to see a color on the wall or on a painting or to say that you like a color is I feel different than um you know saying that it's a color that you would wear Mm
3: -hmm.
2: um and also then again you know I think it's fun to experiment and try new things but I I feel like it's a different thing and then as far as uh choosing color you know I'm I'm really um you know I think like nature and you know music we listen to a lot of music and I feel like uh you know, like situation in life or lyrics to a song, something you see, someone you know, uh, something you've read could actually translate into a color. So, you know, definitely it's just something that's going to happen in our life or something that we see, um, that, you know, that's gonna trigger like something new. And then as far as creating, um, you know, a color palette, because recently what was kind of, um, what was really fun creatively. And also, um, no, stressing is not the right word, but I mean, um, you know, that you need to fully think about it because it, because you, because, you know, we needed to come up with a whole range of color to go together, uh, was when we had to, when we redid all of our colors because we changed, um, the dyes that we were, uh, using. Where am I going with this? Hold on. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, when we had to create the, um, The whole range and coming up with the colors. What I thought was was fun is, you know, we had all of this background from before, and then you get to start fresh with something new that you don't know. I was going to react, but you have all of this experience, so I thought that was really um, that was really fun because we Mm -hmm. got to start fresh, but uh, you know, with a new eye and new perspective. Like you get to wipe it all and start again and do what you want, but with all of this knowledge. So that was really cool.
0: Yeah, and and what about when you were creating? Um, is it nurtured? Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's I guess a different process. It, or I guess you might want to explain the difference between that yarn and the other
3: the other yarns yes. that you dye.
2: So and it's it's great. That, it's fun that you mentioned that because yesterday, um, I uh, we just went to pick up a new color, and um, you know in our mind it was going like we were creating like a like a dark blue navy and it's a it's a dark blue um and what I what I think is always fun with that process is you know I we were picturing something in our head that we thought would look like because we always make little tests at home and then when we uh, received it it was it's super great and I'm really happy with it because that's the beauty of it because you never know what's going to come back but it's Totally different than what I thought it would be. <laughs> so, um, you know, with that process, we always have a little bit of surprises. Um, how it works is we, um, you know, the, the yarn is spun after we dye the fibers. So we have all the fibers at, uh, the studio. And then what we do is we dye them a different, you know, um, different colors to come up with like a general other color for the yarn so for example for that navy uh you know we also work with the natural color of the yarn so we always have like a natural white and then a natural like two natural uh you know light brown dark brown and um you know sometimes something almost black and then to that you know we can play with that and then we add other colors and then for that we um played on a like a dark blue a medium blue uh, an aqua color and then there was a little bit of pink in there Um, I, uh, I'll put a picture later, but, um, so that color, when, you know, when I'm talking about blues and, uh, aqua, you know, you're thinking, oh, it's going to come back and it's going to look navy-ish. Um, but then when we looked at it, it was like really dark kind of nightfall color. And, um, you know, we ended up calling it galaxy because with, uh, the bits of browns and, and like uh, pinkish reddish colors with the aqua. It kind of looked like speckly, starish. So I thought that was very interesting. So just wanting to know that, you know, with that type of process, by dyeing the fibers before, you never know what's going to happen. So that's um, that's part of the excitement. <laughs> that's
3: so cool. Speaking of uh,
0: excitement, we're <laughs> really excited that you're going to be coming to Palmfest.
2: Yay, we are too. <laughs> okay. We are coming to meet uh, all the knitters in London and England and from all Europe. You're all coming, right? Right, all of us, yeah, yeah. All of us. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good. Because I don't want less than that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be bringing with you. And are you also going to be visiting some other parts of the UK while you're
2: Yes, so we, um, yeah, we are. Well, we're coming for. Um, we'll be there for two weeks, so we're taking a little vacation at the same time. Um, so when we, uh, yeah, so bringing. Uh, so what we're going to be bringing to the Palm Fest is we know. Of course, we will be bringing some DK because there's two uh, two patterns in the in the fifth anniversary issue that are uh, designed in our DK weight, and we're bringing, uh, of course, all new um, colors from our new palette. So we'll bring a bunch of DK, and we also have a new uh, fingering weight yarn, which is called Nomad, and it's a sock yarn. Um, It's a a high-twist, bouncy, uh, American merino fingering, um, that was truly in our mind, you know, like we were really thinking about sock knitter when we designed this in terms of durability. And, you know, like we w- wanted to make it like a durable yarn, but, you know, of course, um, still very wearable. So that's something also that we will be um, bringing. And then other than that, we still need to figure out the detail, but probably a little bit of cashmere merino silk, um, you know, again in in uh, fingering, and uh, I'm thinking that we will most definitely bring nurtured and you know showcase the new colors that we have been working on. Hey, <laughs> hey, and I need to tell you what else. Um, right, where what else would I be doing? Um, we will be visiting uh, a yarn shop also that we um, that we work with, which is in Bath. It's called a Yarn Story. We will go there, and we will visit the the. Uh, the region as as well and then our plan was to uh just drive around and um you know see things we will be there for two weeks and we were thinking probably also going to um to scotland for a little bit so
3: yay (laughs) (laughs) one question uh kind of rewinding a little bit back to what you were saying i suppose links into your visiting because you're gonna have to like pack travel knitting right and that's the subject like i feel we talk about a lot Especially when this, like, summer holiday comes around. Uh, and you mentioned, like, uh, you like, primarily, like, a sweater knitter. So I guess my question or my statement is, uh, like, finding... How do you find the balance with, like, time dedicated to all these, like, knitting things of making yarn and making colours uh, to get the time to knit as well?
2: And oh, how? well, yeah. you know, for... So, for me, um, you know, knitting is like a hobby and it's, you know, I, um, it's something that I do in my, you know, whenever I have free time and I want to relax. Um, so for me, it's, it's very different, even though I really, really like my job. Um, you know, yarn dyeing is what we do for a living. So then for me, there's a difference between the two. They are related, but I still have that, uh, that space where, you know, like knitting to me is like a side from, um, from all of this so um what I do is mostly you know like when I watch tv I also I I knit and when I'm in the car Jean-Francois always drives because he gets car sick if he doesn't um so I'm uh so I I get to knit a lot in in the car while traveling so that's um that's how I I uh I mostly get my knitting done good well again on the stationary bike too I knit, I knit socks when I work out. Oh, right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think you meant like in a sidecar. Like Francois was on like the motorbike. You're small in the sidecar. Projects are, huh? I you meant like, uh, you know, like
3: a motorbike with a sidecar
2: or something? Like- no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so like stationary bike, I, I knit small uh, project. I have a whole setup. And then I I didn't try with other workout devices. I would have to tell you how it works with, other thing I would imagine on an elliptical or a treadmill probably not as good but
3: (laughs) well we look forward to your report yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) I just like you have so much energy that you knit and work out at the same time
2: yes (laughs) (laughs) so then you know I'm thinking right now I'm like hey a new pom-pom uh column you know knitting and workout right (laughs) I'm throwing this idea out there you know (laughs)
3: Okay, so, uh, I guess we're gonna move on to one of our classic, uh, questions, which is Desert Island Yarn, where we cast you upon an imaginary desert island, and mm-hmm. you get to take one yarn with you. It's an endless supply, it's all the colors. I think you probably have a bias to which yarn you're gonna take, but, uh, what would it be?
2: I, um, you know, I know it's a question that you guys ask a lot, and then I thought about it, and I don't have a question. I don't have an answer, but um, you know, like uh, like weight-wise, I guess. Well, I, and then I was thinking, I'm like desert island, and then I thought like the sun, you know, like summer. But then I thought, oh, but what about if it's an island, uh, you know, where it's cold and there's snow. But um, I'm just gonna say that you know, like my go-to yarn, uh, most of the time is either DK weight. Of course, for sweater or, or, you know, fingering for versatility because you can double it up um, and, you know, make it worsted. Uh, those would be the two. But then I'm thinking fingering probably because, as I said, you can, um, you know, you, you could double it up to do something else. In terms of, um, you know, in terms of one type of yarn, I don't really know about what I would uh, choose. I guess it depends as to what uh climate it is one that i now I, i'm gonna say oh for summer you know one that i really like and then i'm trying to think of the name and i'm not even sure that i'm getting it right but mm-hmm. i really like um you know i like to knit tees and tank tops with uh shibui it's twill i think right merino cotton um linen is it anyway um is it quick no uh- Is it? I think it's called Twill. I think that's the name. We're going to look it up. Um, We can pause and then we can like... But, um, you know, as a summer yarn, I think it's one of my... It's one of my favorite. And then Mm. for, um, you know, for winter times, I would think I would want something... um, You know, I like something that's light, but very, uh, you know, comforting and, like, warm. So something Mm. like nurtured that's woolen spun or, you know, like anything uh woolen spun for winter I'm I'm a big fan of and in versatility I'm gonna say DK. That's a long answer, right? I sh- I, I was supposed to pick just one. No no it's good it's a thought I, I got all the scen- scenario covered. You know we have we have um we have summer and then you know like cold weather and then we have mild temperatures so wherever I would be sent to, I'd be covered. Yeah. <laughs>
3: It's great. And in that time, Lydia double-checked, and it's called Twig, the Shiburi one. Twig! Yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was like Twill. I'm like, oh, I really like this yarn. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. We look, we'll look out for Julie Asselin Twill coming out in the future. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Is that a word? I don't even know what this means. Yeah, yeah, Anyway. Twill is kind of like a kind of fabric.
3: It's a kind of uh, woven fabric. Yeah.
2: Okay. yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. You're right. I, I had forgotten about it. Okay.
3: Twill. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Cool. So then our other classic question is,
0: of course, if you were an animal, which would you be and why?
2: Uh, I don't know why, but a, like a, a lot of people say that I would be a lemur. <laughs> <laughs> a lemur? Yes. <laughs> so I think it has to do, like, think about King Julian in Madagascar. I think that's why. <laughs> but um I but then um, he's
3: laughing a lot is
2: this is this good like i really i, I think that's is. what it's i think that's what it's supposed to do yeah <laughs> it, is he the one who it sings i like to move it move it i think so yeah <laughs> i think so it's just like he's the king you know yeah yeah okay. yeah that's, yeah he's the one yeah <laughs> um and uh i mean maybe just like a side thing is you know we um You know, like I, before I got married, I, just before I got a uh, rescue chihuahua and, um, you know, like Jean-Francois and our friends always say that, uh, you know, it's very fitting that we (laughs) found each other. Um, So apparently I could be a chihuahua too, because I really, really like Mexican food, even though I'm from Canada. And as, you know, you might have noticed with the working out on the bike with the knitting, uh, and um, you know, being uh, you know, being not associated, but thinking of me as a lemur. I also have a lot of energy. and our little Chihuahua does too, so I think that's where it comes from. So it's either a lemur or a Chihuahua. Good answer. I like <laughs> Do you think it could be the two together? <laughs> Some kind of hybrid? like
3: yeah, a, that would be a weird
2: animal. <laughs> yeah. well, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Uh, Julie. Thank you so much. We, um, you know, we love you guys and we love, uh, what you do with the magazine. I think it looks, um, it always looked really good. And I feel like creativity wise, um, you know, I think that the magazines always entice people to, you know, to do new things and, you know, like to, to think about new things and to try new things. So, um, good job. Please. Oh, thank you,
3: Judy. Well, good job with the yarn. Yeah, know. we love we, <laughs> you as part we of the We try, we
2: <laughs> try. You know, I think, it, uh, I think it's great, and I'm sure you guys with the magazine is the same. You know, I feel very fortunate for, you know, the people that we work with, the, the, the community that we have, um, you know, the, the people that, uh, you know, we, you know, as we get to work together, we, you know, with you, with other amazing people, designers, yarn shops. And we're truly uh, grateful for the knitters, you know, who uses our our products because, um, you know, we get to do what we love every day. And, you know, we, I mean, sometimes I think about it and I'm like, wow, am I really doing this? Because that's, you know, because I wish I, 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 I do that and I, you know, would I have thought that it'd be, um, you know, it'd be possible. I think we have to think, you know, I think that if you want to do something, you have to go for it. But I mean to you know to really be doing this um you know I'm I'm truly uh happy and grateful for you know how all that we have um and how this has turned out to to be you know to be able to create our own yarns and to get to work with colors every day is just um you know it's just something that we truly enjoy and I you know we're really happy about all that.
0: yeah I think that really comes through in well first of all hearing you talk about it and in the gorgeous things that you make you can see there's a lot of joy
3: Ah, happy people make happy yarn it would seem yeah yeah (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) well um oh hey that's another subject okay I'm like hey I could uh, continue blah 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 (laughs) but uh (laughs) you know uh we um you know I think uh to, to get to be, uh, you know, to get to be creative uh, every day is, um, it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that you, um, oh, I'm missing the word, but basically it comes back to what, you know, again to, to what I was saying is, um, you know, it's great to, to think that, you know, that what you get to do for work is uh, something that, like, that pushes you. And that is uh, creative, and that gets your, your mind going. You know, it's something that um, I am truly happy about.
3: Oh, the- <laughs> Yeah, I've got so many lovely yeah, things you said true. in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're just kind of like glowing in the, the
2: aftermath of that. It's an thing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I last thing I'm gonna say is I think also what we um you know what I what we try to like to our message you know, to, to people, if there's one. Um, and I think you guys do that too with the magazine is, you know, in everything that we do, um, and sometimes I wish I had more time to talk about this and I, I, we have to make the time to, to get those discussion going and to, you know, to get the message across where, um, you know, the yarns that we make and, you know, the, the dyes that we use, the, the, the way that we do things, you know, we're always thinking about the environment, the people that we work with, how does it affect, uh, you know, like our planet? How does it encourage other people to do things? You know, how can we work on a, you know, on a community? Uh, you know, what, uh, you know, where does the fiber come from? There are so many um, aspects, and you know, I think our, our, our for us, like our goal is to. I don't want to say educate knitters, but because I mean, knitters are really, really smart. Um, but I mean, I think it's it's like I think it's great to put this out there where people can question um, what they do and how they do it, with what kind of products, also. And I truly see the you know, the, like the community and in the industry going forward. You know, always asking more questions and always coming up with uh, you know better alternatives. Does that make sense? I think it's a whole other podcast though. Yeah, well subject. it's um
3: it's true that the knitting community is a I think a very thoughtful one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Perhaps we need to have like a well, round two. Eco chat round two.
3: Yeah, yeah. At
2: yeah. Some point. <laughs> oh, um, well, you know, like it's not like I don't think also it's not like I don't think people are not asking enough question or anything, but I okay. think you know, I think that um you know, like as a company, I, I really see us having like a responsibility, you know, in everything that we do so that knitters know that when they're using our product or, you know, when we are um, encouraging something, you know, it's something that we've really thought about and that we are doing like in full consciousness. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And that, that makes sense with everything else you've said uh, about yeah. how passionate you are about what
3: you do. Um, so that's
0: yeah, that's
2: really lovely. Yeah. for for me, you know, it's mostly uh, yeah, that's it. I think it's like sharing, and I think it's great that we have like a community that I to me is so supportive. Yeah,
3: mm.
0: yeah, and for well, I think that's like a really lovely place to kind of round up. And for those people who maybe haven't uh, seen what you do yet, where would you,
2: where can they find you on online and on Instagram and so on? <laughs> so it's Julie Aslin dot com Mm -hmm. and uh we are on facebook on instagram twitter as uh julia as well
0: brilliant well i hope that uh people if they haven't seen your yarns i'm sure they'll Mm -hmm. go and have a
3: look and be very very happy and of course the main place to see them is the summer poem fest of
2: course course. Yay! yay. come see us we give a hug to everyone there you go how (laughs) can you do that everyone All right. Well, we'll see you then. Hey, thank you so much. You guys have a great day. And you. you Bye bye.
0: Well, I think we don't need to say how much fun she is, really, because it's very clear we had so much fun chatting to her. And thanks again to her for giving up a little bit of time
1: there to tell us all about what she does, what she gets up to. Don't forget you can see her at POMFest. Not POMCast. (laughs) You can hear her on the POMCast, but you can see her at POMFest this summer. Can't wait. And so now we move on to our final segment, top three,
0: which has been absent for uh, a few POMCasts. We, uh, well... Basically, we have so many things to tell you guys all the time <laughs> that we took a little break on the top three, uh, but we got some pretty cool suggestions on the sorts of things that you
1: pomcaps wanted to hear us list yeah. in numerical order. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from uh, someone who got in touch via the Ravelry forums. Uh, her Ravelry name is Inez versus the Wool? Uh-huh.
2: You're so, saying, uh-huh, yeah, sure, yeah, we'll pronounce it I've, like that. yeah.
1: And she suggested three favorite cities in the world and what you love about them, which we thought was an excellent one. Indeed. So thanks
0: to Ines versus the Wool, and keep those suggestions coming for those of you guys who have other things you'd like us to list. Uh, but we can probably just go ahead and do some listing. Uh, would you like to start, or shall I? I could start. Yeah, could please start. Foist. Yeah. Okay, so at number three, I'm going to go with. The very place where we find ourselves right now, Sophie's got Eli's room. Eli's room. Yeah. It's a city. It is. <laughs> turns out there are so many keyboards in here. There no. no. <laughs> are. No, I'm talking about London. Ah Londinium. Londinium. If you will. Yes. <laughs> um so I mean the fact that I chose to live here for quite some it's time. It's a pretty strong reason why I like it, I'm sure. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a big factor in proving my love. Um how deep is your love? um so there are many great things about london uh some of my favorite things about london is the prevalence of delicious turkish food
1: right you do go on about that a lot i know i'm like a broken record (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna talk about the victoria line now (laughs) i love the victoria line then you're always
0: talking about how much she (laughs) loves the victoria line because it's so fast and convenient and did you know that it's the second most frequent train in the world. I did, because I told you that. <laughs> yes. And I thought, I love that. I will tell it to everyone. I will make it by good fact. Um, but I have to say that TFL, Transport for London, for those of you who haven't spent as, as much time in and around London as I have, um, is excellent. You can get anywhere you want, more or less any time of night. So that's a good thing. It's more like or less. <laughs> intro, like, it's like an infomercial. The other things I like include art galleries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, excellent music scene. I've yep. seen some of the weirdest and best gigs ever in London. Also, people watching in London is above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Especially in Dalston, where we work. There is a lot going on there. There's characters. Oh boy, are there characters. And of course, my wonderful friends and family. Many of them are based... Goes without saying, sure. Yeah. Um, I find it an inspiring, invigorating, and stinky place. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, so that's number three. That was good, yeah. Uh, At number two, I have... um, Okay, I couldn't quite decide which order I was going to put these in. Because another thing I've been going on about recently is how much I love this city, which I'm going to put at number two. Mm -hmm. And it is Lisbon. Yes. So Lisbon is the capital of Portugal. I went there uh, quite recently to visit a very good friend of mine who lives there at the moment. And it just so happened to be the same weekend that lots of... Or around the same time that lots of people were going to the lane um retreat, uh which was near Lisbon, but not in Lisbon I believe. Um things that are good about Lisbon include sunny. Yep. When I was there it was sunny. Food was good. Uh I ate a lot of chips and everybody who knows me knows how much I like chips. <laughs> I also ate a lot of uh Portuguese custard tarts. What about the fish? I ate mucho fish.
1: You can talking I, a lot about the fish. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, don't you
0: remember Lydia? <laughs> uh, but of course um, Portugal is famous for the tiles and it really was astounding the just, and I love that kind of geometric design overall uh, like I'm a big fan of kind of Islamic art as a whole because I love those kind of repeating patterns and it was just so gorgeous to see all these big old buildings covered in there was quite a strong colour theme in Lisbon as well which I found uh, very pleasing and I had a colour um, scheme app <laughs> Adobe Capture Oh, that's good. Which I went nuts with. And everybody I was on holiday with got really obsessed with it too. We're like, take another picture. Oh, what's the colour scheme there? And there's something kind of lovely. It's very kind of cobbled and it's quite hilly, right by the sea, um, which I always think is good in a city. Um, and yeah, I just, it was... Oh, and we went to see some uh, Fado, which is Portuguese music, which is, for me, like, absolutely gorgeous. One of my favourite kind of uh, musical experiences um but yeah just like a kind of chilled out vibe beautiful knitting shops including Rosa Poma which I uh visited and got cool sock yarn from um yeah so highly recommended as like a European I've decided basically that I want to go on holiday there every year forever so if that's not an accolade I don't know what is but why was this not number one though it wasn't number one because my heart truly lies in Mexico ah of course I should probably say Swansea, really, since that's where I grew
1: I nearly thought you were going to say Swansea.
0: Shout out to Swansea. Sure. City where I grew up, also on the sea. I'm sort of cheating now because I'm adding an extra one. But I love Wales. I really do. But when it comes to places that... And I do recommend visiting uh, the Gow Peninsula, Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you know that Three Cliffs Bay was uh, the first place to be declared an area of outstanding natural beauty
1: in the UK? Oh, really?
0: And I grew up just around the corner from there. There we go. Anyway, but my f- number one city is Mexico City. Um, I spent a year in Mexico quite some time ago now. Uh, and it was a very uh, important... It is a very important place to me mm-hmm. uh, as a whole, as a country. And I've chosen Mexico City just because it's so big and diverse. In fact, that's something I forgot to mention about London. One of the things I love about it is the diversity. Big old city. Big old city. Um... But, uh, yeah, so Mexico City is absolutely giant. Um, big old city should be a guy, <laughs> Yeah, big old city. Um, the food is incredible. I love Mexican food. I think it comes... I like it maybe more than Turkish food. Oh, what? What? Wow. Um, but just, I love... I love kind of everything about Mexico, so I don't really know um, where to start, but Mexico City has many of the things that London has. It has amazing art galleries. It has kind of interesting cultural things going on um it has great street culture which london kind of does lack because the weather here is not as good
1: what do you mean it was in the food eating outside more yeah you?
0: lots more and lots more just like hanging out outdoors on the street mm. i like that kind of cash attitude to afternoons everyone's just sort of like sitting around on pavements i like that kind of vibe portugal's got that as well yeah um but uh yeah there's it's weird i don't have like as specific reasons for mexico i just love it i just you love left your it. heart there man i really did so uh, so that's my top three cities. I like it. Good.
1: So uh, tell me about you, Sophie Scott. Little Euro jaunt. Uh <laughs> All right, for number three, mm-hmm. I mean number two and three, they were kind of tight, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'd have to go with Rotterdam. Hey, because this could be Rotterdam or anywhere, Liverpool or Rome. That was sung a lot during the trip. <laughs> Because um, I'd gone to visit a friend who was staying in Berlin, and mm-hmm. everyone was like, "Oh, you'll love Berlin. Berlin's so cool. You will love Berlin." It's a pretty nice place. I didn't love Berlin. Oh okay. I don't know if I need to go back and experience it in a different way, but mm-hmm. it rained all the time for oh. me, and I found it. I mean, Berlin is a city which is kind of pretty urban. Yes. And a bit gritty. Agreed. But uh, no, didn't didn't like Went it. first. No, and it's least best, top three least favorite sure, cities. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> And then we went to, we had this amazing train ride, like trains, Mm -hmm. tick. And when we got to Rotterdam, it was the most kind of, it seemed, in comparison to Berlin, the most kind of bucolic, kind of lush, green place, Mm because the sun was shining. We borrowed uh, some bikes from a friend who we were staying with, and I'd never been on a bike, which was so nice, because it was so big and heavy. It was a proper old Dutch bike, which you had to cycle backwards to stop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was fun getting used to that. Yeah. I just thought it was, you know, just spacious. It was kind of like a bit chilled out, more chilled out version of Amsterdam. Mm. So you still had the canals, but it was an amazing kind of art culture, like all these wonderful galleries. We went to see a lot of friends' work who was who were exhibiting there. Uh, the food was great, and I just thought it was so want? beautiful. And I loved the... I also loved all the shops. There was really cool vintage shops. some mm, good skirts there. Mm. And uh, one of my favourite parts was when we were cycling up to the river... And we sort of hit a uh, button for Mm -hmm. the lift. I was like, what's this interesting? Massive lift, enough to fit like eight bikes in. And my friend was like, do you know what's happening? I was like, no. She's like, okay. And we go downstairs downstairs in the Mm -hmm. lift. The Mm -hmm. lift takes us down. And then basically, it's a massive tunnel just for the bikes under the river. And it's completely, you know, beautifully done, sort of massive space. And you just whiz through on your little bike down this little echoey tunnel with all the lights. I mean, at the end of the day, it was a big tunnel and a river. But for <laughs> me, oh boy. The future. Everything about that was just so idyllic and lovely, that city. I- I'd love to go back just because of how beautiful it was. Mm. Mm. Very special. Very cool. Okay. Number two. Yes. I'd uh, to have to go with Venice. I've not been there. And in fact, I haven't been to Rotterdam or Venice. Well, here's my recommendations. <laughs> Venice, uh, I think at times, it ca- I've been quite a few times. So not only does it win on uh, that... Uh, the first time I we went was with a school trip and the teachers were very adamant about the way we'd see Venice because they'd done it so many times. They're like, right, we won't go to St. Mark's Square until it's night. You can see it all lit up. And then we came around this corner and it was like, oh, this beautiful space mm. with all the lights and like people playing violins and you've got, you know, all the architecture. And yeah, I think it's it's lovely because it's so old and crumbly. You instantly feel transported into a very different time and uh, sort of a different aesthetic and I've always gone there when there's the Biennale. Mm. So you have your, you know, a dedicated space of the city with pavilions for different countries of their art. And you yeah. can kind of just immerse yourself in the whole culture of looking at beautiful things, mm. which I think everyone needs more of in the world. And, you know, you're just the light. I mean, uh, painters and writers have gone on and on about the light that is Venice. And it is. And you just take a photo, you're like, oh, this photo's fantastic. <laughs> because it's just so easy to make everything look beautiful in such a... Uh, you know a romantic and elegant place love it so I love Venice There so so what's going to be number one well, now I'm saying number one after I spoke about those two other places I'm like oh London's my favorite city but I was like oh, yeah I'd also like to live in those two places I <laughs> mentioned I think London doesn't have any of the things that I mentioned in the other places <laughs> apart from you know amazing art scene yeah um I think if you're tired of London you're tired of life aren't you um and that the truth? All those things that you were mentioning, you know, about like friends and family, and the amazing art scene. I just love London because it's so kind of higgledy piggledy. You get so much of, like the old stuff mushed up against the new stuff, mm. and then this amazing kind of sense of tradition, but at the same time, this sort of amazing kind of pulsing newness of mm. the modernity of the city, and the fact that like all this stuff can be together, and there's all this huge amount of multicultural, different. You know, I can go like you say, get nice yeah. Turkish food. And then go see art from like the very essential, quintessential British artists. Yeah. Throughout, you know, and we're twenty minutes away from each. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty exciting place to be, man. And we're probably guilty of making this podcast London centric, but hey, that that's where we are. It kids. is the city that we know <laughs> best, isn't it? Really, and I think actually one of the things I should
0: have said about Mexico City is the great art scene and the mm. kind of feeling of it being, um, I don't know, of like it's quite adventurous. Mm. I guess um but it's not i mean i don't think there are very many places as diverse as
1: london is basically write in on a postcard and tell us that we're wrong <laughs> <laughs> but that that's where our hearts are with the mm-hmm. cool london kids indeedy so that was a really
0: good suggestion i think yeah top three. thank you yeah um, and we'd love to hear what your favorite cities are uh you pom cats you can hang out and chat and let us know on the pom pom ravelry group um you can also email us if you choose to, mm-hmm. podcast at pompermag.com. Uh, what else?
1: Send us a letter. <laughs> yeah. Snail mail. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, uh, well, thanks for letting us keep doing this little podcast and uh, keep mag- making magazines yeah. and books. Yeah. Hey. And we'll see you, well, you'll see hear us <laughs> yeah we'll be back at uh, a similar time next month and then we'll be at POMCAST live oh not boy. long after that yeah so we'll see you there we will take care bye. bye POMCAST produced by Lydia Gluck and Sophie Scott lots of help from Eli Block who created the original music for this show for more Eli related music go to GoodGirlAndBadTimes.com. badtimes.com Thanks, as always, to
0: Megan Fernandez, co-creator and editor of Pom Pom Quarterly. And thanks also to Amy and
1: Gail. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks to our interviewee, Julie Asselin, and of course, The Wool Kitchen, who are our lovely sponsors. Of course, a big thank you to Pom Pom buyers, subscribers, and listeners. You can buy a copy of the magazine and subscribe too at our online shop, pompommag.com forward slash shop. And don't forget, also, PomFest tickets are available through the online shop too. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and why not leave a review? You can send any feedback
0: or ideas to podcast at pompommag.com and don't forget to keep in touch with us via the podcast group on the Pom Pom Ravelry Forum.